This week, we discuss plastic bans, the effects of Brexit on drug policy, and combating climate change with cannabis. Coming up right now on Critical Grass. Get it, man, and get with the countdown. Shake this square world and blast off for Kicksville. Critical Grass. It's stimulating, mind-expanding, safer to use than alcohol. It's the in thing, the hula hoop of the jet generation, and as much a part of growing up as smoking corn silk behind the back fence. Critical Grass. He's looked at both the pros and cons of blowing pot. He's not convinced that grass is all that harmful, but there is room for a lot of doubt. Why don't we wait and see? There's a lot of testing to be done before we'll know all the facts. Critical Grass. My name is Lewis. I am from the United Kingdom and I am a policy advisor to a UK member of the European Parliament who sits on the Environment Committee. That chill little piano ditty you just heard was a track by Rookie1978 titled Lord of the Fries. And in case you're wondering what that has to do with this week's guest, we spoke with Louis North from his office in Brussels, Belgium, the alleged home of the world's most favorite deep-fried starchy snack. Louis is an advisor to Catherine Bearder, a member of the group of the Alliance of Liberals and Democrats for Europe, and a Liberal Democrat from the UK, who also happens to sit on the Environment Committee in Brussels. So we're back in Europe this week, and not without good reason. A lot of progress has been made in Europe in the past couple of years with respect to cannabis. More and more countries are embracing the production of hemp, and CBD has also made quite a splash with loads of different CBD products being available all over the continent. In early February of this year, members of the European Parliament passed a resolution calling for an EU-wide policy for medical cannabis and properly funded scientific research. Several EU countries have legalized the medical use of some form of cannabis or cannabinoids or are considering changes to their legislation. However, the rules on which products are allowed and how they should be used vary widely, although no EU country authorizes the smoking or home growing of cannabis for medical purposes just yet. While the World Health Organization has officially recommended that the cannabis compound cannabidiol, or CBD, should not be classified as a controlled substance, there are no EU-wide rules at the moment for either the medical or recreational use of cannabis. So far, only one country, Luxembourg, has actually declared that it will move forward with legalizing recreational cannabis, though details as to how and when this will be implemented are still being worked on. Other than that, however, the EU has been, let's say, slightly behind the times with respect to a coherent, comprehensive policy on cannabis. I asked Lewis to explain the gist of this recommendation and what it actually means in simple terms. Sure. So this was what's called an oral question to the Commission where basically parliamentarians ask for a, a progress update 
on the European Commission's work on a certain uh, subject. Um, it doesn't have any legislative um, gravitas, but it's sort of like a, um, an advocacy piece of work, you know, trying to promote a, a certain issue that maybe hasn't been explored uh, thoroughly yet. And obviously cannabis is a perfect example of that. Um, so basically there were what, what are called shadow rapporteurs from every political group. Um, so in the European Parliament, you have um, political um, affiliations from the far left to the sort of social democrats, the Greens, and then the liberals, which is where my, my boss sits, over to the Christian Democrats and the Conservatives, and then you get more and more right wing. Um, and we tried to create a sort of resolution that adopted the viewpoints of as many parliamentarians as possible, because obviously cannabis is something that we've not tested in this house before. I mean, <laughs> you know, not literally, but in a, in a sort of political sense. Um, uh, well, I'm sure many people have. It was trying to, yeah, build an opinion about this um, topic. Um, but what I tried to do, because it's it, it's it's different from a national perspective. So in the, in in the UK. Um, the Liberal Democrats, which is what my MEP is a member of, it's a political party, and we are in favour of full legalisation of cannabis, uh, as long as it's regulated and um, uh, other certain checks and balances to basically take it out of the hands of the criminals into the hands of uh, companies so it provides tax profit, you know, exactly the kind of thing that's going on in, you know, in the USA and elsewhere. And um, while that's an important discussion, it, we try to make this specific resolution about um, medicines because uh, that's really a national competence whether you want to legalize cannabis for industrial recreational or medicinal purposes as in you know vaping cannabis or to, you know take, taking oils um, this is more about those those medicines that have gone undergone clinical trials that can that derive from cannabinoids and um, and there's a few examples of that on the market in the EU at the moment. The most well-known one is Savatex, which is a mouth spray for um, sufferers of multiple sclerosis. And um, and what we want, what we were asking for, is more funding, more uh, research into uh, medicines that can be put on the market and be available to uh, doctors to prescribe to people suffering from very painful diseases. And I think there's another one being trialed at the moment on um, for epilepsy. So there's obviously huge potential there. Um, and what we wanted to do politically is to get m as many MEPs across the house on board with this idea, because for some people just aren't there yet with the idea that, you know, the national issue, as I was talking about, about legalising, you know, is a better way. It takes out the hands of the criminals, um, treat, treat the use of cannabis as a health issue rather than a criminal issue. You know, there, there's a whole other debate on this that you've probably heard and your listeners have heard a million times. But this was just about trying to get a broad consensus of people realising that there's a plan out there that has huge benefits for patients and trying to get them to think about it in a purely sort of clinical uh, way and and we managed to do that we had a very strong support on this text um, however there were very uh, a few amendments from uh, the Greens and they were trying to broaden scope so they were basically saying that we should talk about medical cannabis as in whether you're you're smoking um, marijuana to taking that Savatex mouth spray and 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 for one it's not it's not a EU competence to to say whether member states should 
legalize uh, marijuana and and also they're two very different things you know if we if we push towards more medical medicinal cannabis on the market what we were trying to do what Catherine my boss was trying to do is make sure it's of the highest quality you know so someone for example was buying some some oils or pills in Holland and Barrett you know a pharmaceutical store is very different from something that your doctor can prescribe you um because it's I mean we'd like to see more of it in stores but it's just the the sort of political difficulty of of some MEPs seeing the market open to all cannabis to just medicines so um yeah those amendments from the from the greens didn't didn't get passed through um in in the liberals we what we did is we had a free vote because obviously there's MEPs like Catherine and there's some Dutch MEPs that are very liberal like socially liberal and wanted to vote in favor of these amendments and then there was a sort of more uh, economic liberals but maybe conservative in their social attitudes that wanted to probably just stick to the idea that cannabis can be used in medicines which they did it was a very very important resolution it's it's had a good impact and 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 the fact that you've asked me to be on this podcast and uh, i've had other requests means that, that you know people are starting to encourage discussion on this because the problem with cannabis cannabis and cannabis activism is it doesn't have a professional lobby in mm-hmm. in brussels like for example wildlife trafficking does you know there, there are a ton of ngos working on how to advocate uh you know um uh policy progressive policies against ivory ivory trafficking ivory poaching but in can in terms of cannabis it's very disjointed and and i and i think what needs to happen really is a sort of an association of cannabis um med- medicinal growers or cannabis uh pharmaceutical companies you know any any form of advocacy in, ge- in general is good and and uh i think we've made a first step but there's a long way to go to, to develop a proper conversation on this so for now the eu is just getting the ball rolling on cannabis The resolution that the pro-cannabis MEPs have been pushing unfortunately has no legislative applicability, nor is it actually legally binding. More than anything, it's an opening salvo for advocacy across Europe. In the resolution, Parliament is asking for a legal definition of medical cannabis in order to clearly distinguish it from other uses. It also says that research and innovation on medical cannabis should be boosted and properly funded while effective cannabis-based medication should be covered by health insurance schemes, something that the U.S. is way behind on, at least on a federal level. But is there any promise to this resolution, or is it just a pipe dream? I asked Lewis about EU policymaking and what needs to happen for real progress to be made. The thing with EU policymaking is it's not just... Sometimes it's like an overnight change. You know, what happened with the plastics... Um, with, you know, Blue Planet coming out and just an overnight radical shift in policy from member states and also within the commission. And now we have like single-use plastic bans. So there's that kind of policy making, which basically kind of like teeters along for a few years and then suddenly, boom, it's just, it happens overnight. Um, I don't see that happening as quickly with cannabis. It might overturn, but you just need to build your your networks and your, uh, you need to get, MEPs that really get this issue you need to think about how you can sell it to a broader audience because I just think if you just go hard and you just say we need to legalize in every country that's fine but you're not going to get 
broad political support. I think you need to prove that it's a it, it's a it's a plant that has huge medical potential, and if you can clinically trial it and prove it's um, going to help patients, why are we holding back? And and that's the kind of argument I would go for because uh, in if you're coming to the European Parliament and the Commission, because that people get that now. We've we've got a resolution that affirms that style of thinking um and you know and that's why we asked actually in the resolution for like different uh, definitions you know what is um can it, you know uh, medicines that derive from cannabis is that are we talking about clinically trial medicines are we talking about non-clinically trial medicines um and we just want to make sure it's separated in the policymaker's mind from um from recreational cannabis and while that might seem like a regressive like step it's kind of it's kind of taking two steps forward one step back you're 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 pushing decision makers to think okay this is actually something that um is useful to the citizens and i think over time as patients in the eu become accustomed to taking medicines with cannabis they'll be like well why are we holding back on legalizing this um plant uh, you know in general so i think it's a very strategic long-term not long-term but medium-term goal is just to get the public get that get that public opinion to change on this to become aware that it's got huge medical potential and that's why I, I tried to push it down the line of let's try and get as many people on board thinking about this as a medicine before we get them to think about legalizing it ultimately lewis and his cohort aim to legalize tax and control cannabis in a similar way to the us and other countries that have already gone down that path However, public opinion, as he claims, needs to change first. Once that has happened, then we can talk about simple legalization. In the meantime, the focus will be on funding for research and quality of medical cannabis products currently on the market. If these MEPs were just gunning for full-scale California-style legalization, you could certainly expect a lot of resistance from conservative members, but by focusing on advocacy, research, and public health, Getting people from across the political spectrum on board could be a very realistic possibility, even it seems like it will be a bumpy road. I asked Lewis about the challenges involved in getting this resolution through. You know, I, I find it difficult because on the one hand, I explain, like I explained, you know, I'm from a political party, I have my own personal views, and my boss has personal views about the legalization of cannabis, and we're obviously very pro. But I wanted to, as a sort because of, we're a sort of center grounded political organization i wanted to just bring everyone as many people on board as possible because if i had just joined up with the greens and just said no we need to just legalize everything we need to have you know it wouldn't have passed and it would have divided the house completely um whereas i tried to go for a more sort of consensual approach and um and that i got a lot of pushback from the greens and the snd the social democrats on that because they thought we were just taking a more regressive stance. Whereas I tried to point out, we're seeing the bigger picture here um, of trying to get MEPs to realize this is, and, and decision makers in Brussels in general to realize this is, this is a, this is about trying to think differently about, about a plan. You know, this is, this is not about trying to convince, win the argument on legalization or not. It's just, we just need a gear, a, a gear shift and we're stuck in first gear at the moment. Um, mm -hmm. And that's, you know, I'm not trying to go from first gear to fourth, we're trying to go to second and third, uh, you know, and and I, and I think that's what I, and I tried to be quite firm uh, on that. And, and actually, 
the way the votes went, yeah, the the, the amendments that the left put down on this sort of broadening the scope drops, even though MEPs like Catherine and you know we gave the Liberals a chance to vote for it, um, and it was sort of mixed in our group, but it but the overall resolution passed very. I can't remember what the final vote was, but I think it shows that there's um, you know you, there's definitely interest in here, but you've just got to pitch the argument the right way if you're an advocacy uh, cannabis uh, activist. And and one of the big things I think could change um, that would make a huge difference and would basically start getting patients taking these medicines and realising, looking at the packaging, oh my God, like, this is a cannabinoid I'm taking, is if a, for example, German doctor could prescribe a medicine that's nationally trialled in the Netherlands, but it can't do that at the moment, because there's because there's only one cannabis cannabis medicine that's been trialed at the European Medicines Agency, which is the Savatex mouse spray. But there are other little national um, medicines, like for, mostly in the Netherlands. But UK just changed legislation, so a doctor can now prescribe. Uh, it's it's a very liberal leg- legislation actually. I don't think the government quite realised what they were doing. So now they can prescribe anyone from like a sort of trusted trader, uh, even from Canada, I think, um, medicines that contain uh, cannabis. Um, and I think that's what is breaking down those barriers, which would be a really smart move. Um, and I need to look into to each national legislation. I haven't had the chance to do that yet. And maybe that's something you guys need to think about if you want to see progress, is trying to break those barriers down so doctors in the EU can prescribe these medicines wherever they are nationally trialed. A divided house is the last thing pro-cannabis MEPs want, at least as far as a progressive cannabis policy is concerned. So a slow, measured approach seems like the best way forward for now. Ultimately, an EU-wide uniform policy is the goal for all. However, under the current scheme, it's possible for EU countries to import medical cannabis products from outside of the EU. Strangely enough, you have companies in Europe, notably the Dutch company Bedrocan, that produce medical cannabis for export. However, it is the Canadian company Spectrum Cannabis that has distribution rights in places such as the UK, Czech Republic, and Poland. You would think the EU would at least want to keep things internal. For whatever reason, be it market forces or transatlantic politics, Canada is giving the Netherlands a run for its money. And Canada isn't the only country getting into the medical cannabis export business. Colombia, Uruguay, and Israel have also announced they're getting in the game. What this means for Europe in the long term is still a mystery. However, I personally am of the opinion that to the best of their ability, of course, countries should produce medical cannabis domestically or, in the worst case, regionally. Either way, the situation seems a little messy and confusing, and with the current state of global politics, that's no surprise. But it's not the case that nothing has been attempted before in the EU. A few years ago, there was the European Citizens Initiative titled We'd Like to Talk, pun intended, which aimed at making the EU adopt a common policy on the control and regulation of cannabis production, use, and sale, which would a ensure equality before the law and non-discrimination of all EU citizens, b. protect consumers and monitor health security, and c. end cannabis trafficking. In short, legalization and harmonization across the European Union. 
Quite an ambitious goal, at least for the time being, but even as of last year, the initiative was still collecting signatures. But as noble of an idea this may be, collecting signatures is not enough to push through policy across a continent of over 500 million people. So why now is this picking up steam in the European Parliament? When did the MEPs realize that the current policy needed to change? I think it was last spring it happened that they pushed for this. So basically the Environment Committee, which also deals with public health, which is why cannabis uh, for medicinal purposes is included in it, would have pushed in what's called a coordinators meeting. Um, I'm not sure exactly who was there and what discussion took place because my MEP is not on that committee, but they do this kind of stuff on, for example, like ivory trafficking. Um, So I think they sort of look at hot you know, um, environmental, public health and food safety issues and decide, okay, we need to um, have a debate about this, you know, create some noise. And it has, you know, and, um, but, you know, my fear is some of the the feedback from some of the sort of cannabis news groups, uh, including um, Marijuana Business Daily, they interviewed me and they were given the impression by the Green MEP that basically this was not a, re- a progressive report, we'd like missed an opportunity. And it's just such a weak, pathetic argument um, because, <laughs> you know, like we are not legislating to legalise marijuana here. We're about, we're about, like I said, building the argument, building the networks. And that's why you've got to go at a certain approach to this. And, and, um, and I think that's what we've started now. I mean, sadly, the Brits are apparently leaving the European Union. I mean, that's what, I think it's like 20 days now or something like that. Um, unless, um, well, I, I say that, I think probably there'll be an extension, but we don't know about the long-term relationship. But, um, you know, it's all about the next mandate now of the new MEPs coming in. And that's, they really need, you need, this is a shame really, because it's going to change a lot of the European Parliament. There's going to be a lot of different uh, changes in political um uh, MEPs coming in and I think the advocacy groups are like kind of like all right we've got to start again you know because Catherine my boss was championing um, wildlife um, trafficking uh, cases and you know trying to like fight that and she and you know she built a sort of niche out of that but that's one good thing for MEPs they 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 do you you can actually get niche um, MEPs working on niche subjects so I, if I were you know an advocacy group for cannabis I would be trying to meet them quite early on and mm-hmm. trying try and get a sort of stakeholder discussion inside the parliament get get one of these positions in you know um try and get some political weight and and it might not seem like it's going to change overnight but i think the 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 MEPs are good good um advocates if you can get them on your side Brexit has certainly thrown a wrench into pretty much all plans of the European Union at least in the short term and has become quite the headache and or distraction, which is why Lewis was happy to talk about cannabis for 40 minutes with me in the first place. But to get back to his original point, there are lots of hot-button issues in and around the EU, Brexit obviously being the most talked about, but you also have environmental issues, particularly climate change and its effect on natural resources, which in the long term is much more of a pressing issue than Brexit, and it is also an issue that can be affected by cannabis and vice versa. 
Now, I'm not saying cannabis alone will stop climate change, but cannabis can become a sustainable, reliable source of natural resources that could be used uh, across all business sectors and industries with a very small carbon footprint, if done correctly, of course. But to address the elephant in the room, will Brexit have an effect on cannabis policy either in the EU or the UK? Honestly, I don't think it will, because if this withdrawal agreement goes through next week, um, we're going to have to renegotiate every single aspect of our regulation. I mean, we can obviously roll over laws in, in the transition, but, you know, the whole point of um, Brexit for the people that advocated it, mostly in the, mostly in the Conservative Party, is that it could weaken standards, they can move away from EU levels and, you know, do their own thing. And I, and I, and I think a lot of the civil service will just be preoccupied and and therefore the ministers that are, that are working with them will be preoccupied with renegotiating tariffs and fishing quotas and, you know, how you make vacuum cleaners. And, it's, uh, you know, people in the UK say, oh, well, I'm just sick of it now. I just want to I just want to get it done. I'm like, well, honestly, this is going to be the only thing you talk about for the next 10 years, because it really is just I mean, if you you know, I'm not um, I'm not Swiss, but I imagine if you live in Switzerland, when they were re sort of negotiating the kind of deal they've got now, I mean, it must have been in the news all the time, and 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 it does it it just it's just a vacuum. It absorbs so much energy and time and space, and um, you know we are in a very difficult position at the moment. This government is is a rump. It's 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 not got any energy, or vision, or direction. Um, but there's one thing that could happen, which is. So Michael Gove, who is the who's a was a big Brexit supporter and you know very uh, good orator, and I think he probably persuaded a lot of people in the Conservative Party to vote Leave, has actually turned out to be a pretty interesting Progressive Environment Secretary, and he's pushed for, for example, he said, well, once we leave, we should stop importing uh, foie gras, uh, we should uh, have a better plastics ban than the European Union, we should, um, for example, the, the CAP, the Common Agricultural Policy, is considered to be uh, sort of anti-environmental uh, sometimes, and, and he's saying, "Oh, we should, you know, try and uh, make the most of it and try and have more green policy." So, for example, with the the cannabis issue, maybe there's there's actually a room to sort of, you know, try and make some uh, groundbreaking. Uh, decisions, some landmarks, you know, some Brexit landmarks, and maybe they'll be like, well, we want to prove that we've not turned into this regressive, closed off society. Let's do something kind of radical. You know, there there is space for that if the political will is there. Yeah, of course. But it's got to come from the government unless, for example, the opposition are just championing championing it. But um, it's not a thing for now, but it could it could come, you know, quite quickly after Brexit, if if there's the political will there. I just don't know. I just don't think there's... I just think, you know, without an election and clear priorities for the next government, I just don't know what anyone really wants to do now. I think everyone's just kind of um, fatigued from everything. <laughs> the, country, <laughs> yeah. the country's tired of Brexit. Politicians are tired of Brexit. You know, I just don't know where we go next. You know, I can't see... Um, a political force arriving that can deliver the change we need because to be honest all the progressive people in the United Kingdom are focused on stopping Brexit because it is clearly an anti-progressive 
um, move. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, it has very, very deep groundings in, in like sort of a right wing and anti-liberal uh, um, ideology. And, and I think it, for people like Catherine and myself and other, you know, small L liberals and in the Labour and in, even in the Conservatives, you know, it's all about trying to stop this. Um, above anything else so yeah it's just sucked in everyone's energy and thinking not an ideal place to finish a podcast episode as i have several more questions and comments for lewis but unfortunately we are out of time for this week if you want to get in touch with lewis you can write him at lewis.north at europarl.europa.eu or tweet at him at lewis underscore north 90 on the twitter machine Last but not least, we bid farewell to our guest. Lewis North, uh, thank you for uh, joining me on the program today, and uh, good luck with all your projects in the EU, uh, and uh, don't get too stressed over Brexit. It'll all work out in the end. Thanks, Bogdan. It's been, uh, it's been a treasure. You just heard episode 19 of the podcast. We have more exciting episodes coming your way, so please stay tuned. If you wish to continue the conversation we just had with Lewis North, find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. You can share the podcast with your friends on social media, Spotify, and iTunes. And if you're feeling generous or want to lend a helping financial hand to a fellow podcaster, look for Critical Grass on Patreon. My name, as always, is Bogdan. You'll hear from me again next week. Keep cannabinated and carry on. Peace.